T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline is Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Ross is a man. He has skin, too. Ross, welcome to the show, buddy. What's up, Nick? How are you? Doing very well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, like, trying to get all... uh all my stuff in order to be out in Vegas all week next week and getting, you know, about a million requests. You know, when it's when, when you're known nationally for being appointment listening, like I am in Cleveland from 4 to 4.20 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday, it's become a little bit taxing. I mean, there's cities all around the country trying to get their ratings up 20 minutes at a time, and it's just um, – I need a publicist. I think I need. I need. I need to talk to like the Kelseys or Taylor Swift. I think I'm pretty much at that level now. I think we could all agree, and I'll, I'll say this: like uh, I'll I'll have you know friends from other markets that oh how did you get Ross on a regular? Oh, I wish we could be so lucky. And I'm just like you know eat my dust. I, I don't care. I've earned this. That's what I say, dude. I just I just texted you last week. I got multiple tweets from your peep saying, I'm still on the truck. I'm sitting in the driveway to listen. You're hilarious, dude. We're speaking of hilarious. How do Keith and Dustin allow you to get away with not having an iPhone? Um, because some, some people like to have like their own personality. Some people like to be original and authentic instead of, you know, following trends and being a sheep. Or, or I think most people just like to have the better device. You know what's so funny? I was like an Android guy for a long time. The, the reality is, have you ever had an iPhone, Nick? No. You know what, dude? I totally get it. I was with you. <laughs> I was there. You don't know what you don't know, bro. Uh, you, you just don't. You'll, you'll, you'll learn someday. It's different. It's better. You don't know what you don't know, bro, is going to have to go in the open. I'm, I'm just communicating that to Mac, who's our board op, because that, that sounds like a drop we're going to need there. On the line, uh, and insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization, because men have skin too. Uh, you are a former Bills player. Anytime we talk about what happens up yonder, we like to ask you, uh, what's your initial reaction to the Ken Dorsey hiring by the Browns? I don't really have much of one, um, primarily because he's not calling the plays. And so I got to be honest, like, 
I, I would love to be in meetings and really know the difference between an OC that calls the plays and an OC that doesn't. Like, I, I wish I could go in the offensive meetings for any of these teams, right? The Packers or the Rams or the Niners. And I want to know, like, does the OC actually lead any of the meetings? Or is it the head guy always leading the meetings because he's the one calling the offense and running the offense? Or are there some meetings where the head guy can't be there and then the OC's running it? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but there's other people that do. You know, usually I like to be all-knowing and be able to just impart wisdom on your incredible audience. What you should do in all sincerity is get a position coach on who's been in both situations and have them answer that. Because I think Ken Dorsey's fine. You know, he had a good reputation in Carolina for a long time. You know, in Buffalo the year before, I thought they they played pretty well in some adverse circumstances. I'm not sure it was his fault this year, but they needed a fall guy. They needed to do something to try to jolt that team back into contention, and, and it worked, right? So it's not a great look for Ken in that regard, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe they could have fired you know, the assistant equipment manager and gotten the same result. I think the difference between the offensive uh, play caller and the just offensive coordinator who doesn't call the plays is an extra snack cup at lunch. Like, like, like it's like, like an extra snack cake or just like it's like one extra thing, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, Way I, to sell I, it. I, I, think, I think it helps, but I don't know. I mean, didn't Ken, how many years did he play in Cleveland? He was there, right? He was definitely there, but he's in the uh, nebulous quarterback conversation. He could have played here three years. He could have played here five minutes. I don't know. I don't think anybody <laughs> truly remembers. <laughs> that is incredible. That's oh, well, you guys got some good news today. Which was? Oh, the Mike McDonald thing? Yeah, that's really good news. That guy is a star. Get him out of there. You want him out of there. I don't know that I'd be thrilled by the Arthur Smith news. I think Arthur Smith's actually pretty good as an OC. But Mike McDonald getting the head coaching job and getting up out of the AFC North is good for the Brownies. We got to trim that mustache on on Arthur Smith, and then maybe we can talk there. Ross, um, do you think the Browns are well-positioned moving forward? Uh, That's a good question. Do we have any news on Bill Callahan? Um, I, I, so not official news, but I think the expectation now is that he will stay. Wow. That's interesting. Um, well, I guess I would say um, I want to know who their backup quarterback is this upcoming year. I think – they are smart enough, and Andrew Barry is, to get a competent backup quarterback. And if they have that, I will say they are well positioned. Yes. So, do you think is do you think backup quarterback with this team is as important as the starting quarterback? No, I think backup quarterback on that team is more important than backup quarterback in a lot of other cities 
because of what's happened with Watson the last couple years, and in particular his shoulder this year, multiple injuries. I think you need like a Jacoby Brissett or a Joe Flacco as a backup. This cannot be like a P.J. Walker DTR situation. So, like, is that more important than adding, like, a a second wide receiver this year? Is it more important than adding, like, another edge rusher opposite of Miles? Um, No. I would say that those starters are probably more important, but I would say it's close. Like, I I think a second receiver and a second – Edge rusher are pretty high, but I would say the backup quarterback's pretty close too. Ross Tucker, Odyssey NFL Insider on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So I, I guess this is it, you kind of let us here. Who is who has more pressure on them to to perform and to get the most out of the other? Is it Kevin Stefanski or Deshaun Watson? Well, I think it's uh, I think it's Kevin Stefanski because Deshaun still has three more years left, right? Yes. And nobody nobody would take on that contract now, nobody. And that's interesting too because, like, after this year, they'll only have two more years fully guaranteed, and still nobody would want it. So the Browns are stuck with him, and they're stuck with it. So it's really up to Stefanski this year to maximize Deshaun Watson, or I think Haslam will probably bring somebody else in that that can or will. Do you think Vrabel and Belichick being on the open market makes it more likely in in spots like Cleveland where we're not thinking hot seat, and maybe in Buffalo where we're, they're not maybe thinking hot seat right now? Do you think it? Do you think it makes those seats? So it might be truly like lukewarm or not even warm to the touch, does it make those seats a little hotter just because those two coaches are out there? Um, yes, it does, without question. Um, w- w- no doubt in my mind that that is a factor, and it should be. And although, you know, the fact that neither one of them got jobs this cycle, at least not yet, maybe Vrabel goes to the commanders, I think, is interesting, but the fact that Belichick and Vrabel and maybe even Pete Carroll still want to coach, you know, there might be these contenders next year, Eagles, Cowboys, Browns, whatever, that are like, you know what, let's go with a guy that's like a proven commodity here that might be able to get us over the top. Ross, thoughts on uh, Ben Johnson returning to Detroit and spurning actual offers and interest for the second straight cycle? Really, really surprising. I mean, really surprising. I I don't really understand it. You know, there must be something with the commander's situation that he really doesn't like because it seemed pretty clear that the commanders wanted him and the commanders thought they were going to get him and that something fell through. And... I don't know what fell through. You know, they can say all they want about loyalty and unfinished business and he wants to be in Detroit. I'm calling BS on a lot of that, man. I mean, 
These guys, it's one thing for a guy like Slowick to go back for a second year so that going into the next so first of all you got a you got a you got a majorly upgraded contract and then he can go into next year as like the hot guy and it's second year quarterback Stroud and they can do really good things again and build on that. But Ben Johnson, this will be now a third like to to say no essentially two years in a row Boy, you got to have a lot of confidence in yourself. I mean, he's turning down a life-altering opportunity for his family, a dream job, and these things can go south fast. You know, if Amon Ross St. Brown gets hurt or Goff gets hurt or whatever next year, he's not going to be as hot as he is now. I'm, I'm very surprised by that, very. I, I would love to know the background and what's going on there. Ross, looking to uh, you know the the remaining teams here in the playoffs and, and the teams that just exited the playoffs with Baltimore and Detroit, you know we we started talking about uh, Ben Johnson there. One of the most interesting things this week is to hear people talk about how we should view Lamar losing to Pat and how we should view Lamar as a great you know now potentially two time MVP, but a guy who's got two playoff wins in his career as a starter. So what's the fair conversation or what's the fair opinion to have about Lamar playoff success and his greatness after the Ravens got eliminated in the conference championship game? Um, I think the fair conversation is why did Todd Munkin call the game the way he did? And why did Lamar Jackson throw that pass that he did? Because honestly, those are the things that jump out to me. I, I felt like if I were a Ravens fan or a player, I'd be furious that I felt like we got away from what we do best. That would really, really bother me. That's number one. And then number two, um, Lamar Jackson, let's be honest, Nick, that was one of the worst playoff throws I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know what was worse, the decision or the throw. But in that situation, you got to get points. And that was absolutely hideous, hideous and unacceptable. And that's the lasting image from the MVP this past season. So I quote tweeted and responded to something on your Twitter feed, Ryan Leaf going ham on Brock Purdy doubters on your podcast and I'm assuming since you retweeted it, you you either agree or you, you at least uh, – not agree, but you, you've listened to it. I'm just curious whether you agree with Ryan Leaf that the Brock Purdy doubters either just don't know football or don't know how hard football is. I do agree. I don't know that I would call them idiots. <laughs> I would probably call them um, – you know, I feel like ignorant is the right word, but ignorant has such a negative connotation now. But ignorant is the right word in the sense that they don't know how hard it is for a guy like Brock Purdy or Tom Brady when he was doing it to make to do the things he's doing and make it look easy. You know what I mean? Like, Getting the ball out as fast as he typically does on time to the right guy in the right place 
it looks easy when you're really doing it at a high level. It's not that easy. It's not nearly as easy as he makes it look. And Purdy suffers from draftism, which I despise, meaning people hold your draft status for so long until they can't anymore. You know, there, there was Jets fans this year that were still convinced Zach Wilson was good. It's hilarious, you know? And, and so because Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, they hold that against him until he, like, wins a championship or maybe multiple championships. And then we live in such a social media highlight real culture that, like, Purdy doesn't have a gun like Josh Allen. He doesn't do the sideways throws like Mahomes. He doesn't run around like Lamar Jackson. He doesn't run dudes over like Josh Allen. Like, there's nothing – like it's same with Brady. Like, there's nothing – oh, wow, nice seven-yard slant to Debo. You know, I'm really impressed. Like, that's not going to make the highlight. What Debo does after the throw is what makes the highlight. And so he's got two big negatives against him, the draftism and the uh, the, the non-highlight ability. Ross, excellent stuff as always. This is why you're must-see, must must-listen, tune-in radio, 4 p.m. every single hump day. This is you, – you did it again. Yeah, honestly, at this point, I would like uh, Keith to send me a text or whatever. Like, I, I want to get the quarter hour ratings. I just want to know what the Ross Tucker bump, the Ross Tucker boost is really worth to 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. We'll, uh, we'll work on that. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we'd like to do that for all of our guests, uh, recurring or not. Sounds good to me. I'd like to, why not? Data is. King. You don't want to. You want to make a decision based on the data. Don't pull a Dan Campbell, Nick. Oh, too soon. He lived by the sword. He died by the sword. Be good, Ross. I. By the way, I love Dan Campbell. I don't have a problem with the decisions. It was just a good way to say it. See ya. <laughs> Later, dude. Later, dude. We're in this weird position with the Browns, where I expect Kevin Stefanski to get a contract extension this offseason. I think he deserves one. Quite frankly, I actually personally think Kevin deserves multiple years of security, and thats I'm not talking about a contract there, guys. That's different. Contracts mean nothing. I mean, there was a moment where Jimmy Haslam was, I believe, paying four head coaches at once. So contracts mean nothing in the NFL. And specifically with somebody as aggressive as as Jimmy. Like, this is actually a good thing. Jimmy liked, maybe doesn't like to spend money, but Jimmy is willing to spend money if it means winning. But sometimes that can be put in the wrong direction, as we've seen previously in previous iterations of the Browns. But I think when you go into this year, I personally think Kevin deserves a chance to really solidify this. I am a little curious about about things like fit with his system and Deshaun and stuff like that. I at points have been annoyed by those things, but like overall, I think Kevin has has been to two playoff. Uh, uh, has made two playoff appearances in four years. He's won, um, had had multiple 11-win seasons. Honestly, I think if the quarterback was healthy this year, if you won 11 games with five quarterbacks, think of what you could have done if Deshaun's healthy the full season. And so there's a lot of reasons. Like, I am very excited about the Browns going forward. And I think some of the narratives about, well, but the AFC gets tougher, I, I don't care. 
I, I think that's the kind of thing you say to try and be provocative. And by the way, nobody in town saying that. It is people saying that nationally about the Browns. And I think that's tied in with the fact they don't they don't like Deshaun and what Deshaun was accused of. I think some I think I think most of the Browns analysis with Deshaun, as long as he's the quarterback, is going to be is going to be jaded to some hue because of this. Because of how people feel personally about what Deshaun was accused of and suspended for. So I don't really it doesn't carry any weight to me. Yeah, the AFC is going to get tougher. It gets tougher for every team, not just the Cleveland Browns. So I digress a little bit here because like I'm pretty optimistic that the Browns next year are going to have a chance to to continue to win. And when I say win, I'm talking about having a winning season. Like, yeah, they they, they got some holes on this roster. They have more they had more holes last year going into the offseason than they do now. This is okay. I mean, I think Amari, like all my questions about Amari and Deshaun together have been answered. I think Amari showed you this year he still has tread on the tires. That goes a long way about answering at least one of the wide receiver positions next year. David and Joku, uh, we think a little differently about David because of the way he played this year. I think you might have the rare instance where you have too many good offensive linemen, specifically tackles, for as many starting spots as you have. I think you have as I think you actually do carry over a lot of depth. Now it becomes, well, do you bring back Mohurst? Right? Now it becomes when you bring back Zadarius Smith. Well, what do you do at that, you know, third safety spot? What do you do at middle linebacker? Like the amount of questions you have just they pale in comparison to last year. And and also, I just think when you have this kind of season, I, I think culture is tangible. I think culture is something you can build off of, and that that really bodes well of Kevin Stefanski. I also know how the NFL works, and this is where, even though I feel very plucky and optimistic about where this thing is going, I also understand that with every year that Deshaun does not look like the $230 million man, Every year, you're going to tinker, you're going to tear down, you're going to restructure, you're going to do everything you can to try the next thing to get the most out of Deshaun. I think it's very telling that this offseason, the next thing was we got to blow out, uh, what is it, a half? We, we had to blow out 33% of the offensive staff. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That happens to be the side of the ball that Kevin Stefanski comes from. When you start, whether it's whether the Browns or whether it's Kevin, when you start tinkering with that side of the ball, and it's not other teams poaching coaches, it's you jettisoning them, coaches you've had success with, coaches that you've won 11 games twice with. That's where it starts to tell you that even if it isn't as simple as Deshaun has to be the $230 million man next year or people are getting fired, that that's overly simplistic. But I do think the Browns are going to have higher expectations for the offense with Deshaun next year. And there is, I mean, the get-out-of-jail-free card is the health of Deshaun Watson. But you're not financially getting out of jail from that contract. So even if if it buys some time for people, and when I say people, I'm really talking about Kevin from pressure, not from getting fired. All too much, it's, oh, is he on the hot seat? Guys, that's overly simplistic. But you add in Vrabel out there. You add in Belichick out there. Yeah, Owners have wandering eyes. And the more and more that Deshaun does not ball out, does not look like the $230 million man, I think Browns fans would be quite content. I, I think there's certain segment of Browns fans would be quite content if Deshaun Watson was the fall guy for Deshaun Watson's struggles. Unfortunately, that's just not how the NFL works. So I think Kevin should have multiple years of – Stability moving forward. That might not be how it works out. I think we can all agree, to this point, Kevin's not the number one reason this has not worked out. It's Deshaun's health, and it's the fact that Deshaun Watson had a really long suspension that that limited the amount of games he was able to play two years ago. Some of it's Deshaun's style. That what they've done around Deshaun hasn't exactly made it easy. Kevin's got to own that. And we'll see if he does with how they lay down the staff here. I think I'm in the camp like a lot of you. My trust in Kevin as of right now is a little bit higher than my trust in Deshaun. But trust doesn't necessarily matter as much. When you're, when you're trying to do everything you possibly can to get that guy to be the guy you traded for. Because the last, the very last thing the Browns are going to do is give up on Deshaun because they can't. If Deshaun was owed, you know, $130 million of the 230 guaranteed, if that had been the deal, it's a different conversation. If Deshaun had been owed uh, $175, $108, the, the word from whether it was Atlanta or what are the other teams, I can't remember the, the third team that was the finalist. I think it was Atlanta and New Orleans, but the third team was willing to pay $190 million out of the $235 guaranteed. Or sorry, they were willing to guarantee $190 out of the $230 million, $235 million. That different conversation. When every single cent, and, and by the way, to make it work every year with that quarterback, every single cent, you have to redo 
the contract, which only kicks the can down the road on when that contract's going to kick in the ass, it, it, it stops mattering whether Kevin's a good head coach it's, it, in terms of pressure, not in terms of just getting fired, but in terms of how the dynamic is set up where the pressure will be on Kevin. If Deshaun's healthy enough to play, but he doesn't look like $230 million quarterback. And I, guys, I thought he looked – I think people have forgotten conveniently how good he looked the last three games he played. Everyone talks about the second half of Baltimore. They don't talk about how he dominated uh, the, the Cardinals. They don't talk about how well he played against Tennessee. We can all still admit he wasn't the $230 million man. Maybe he was the $100 million man. Maybe he was, uh, uh, I'm not going Ted DiBiase there. Maybe he was the $150 million man. He needs to be the $230 million man. And every second he isn't, there will be more pressure on the Browns organization, and that will trickle down to Kevin Stefanski. 216-474-0092. So we asked Ross Tucker, and Ross kind of agreed with me, that Kevin Stefanski, I, I don't like using hot seat because that's just not the conversation we should be having after the success that the Browns have had. But I do think, I think pressure is the better way to put it. And I think because, I, I think Deshaun's going to have a fair amount of pressure on him. He's going to feel the pressure of the contract. I think it's already hurt him at points to this point. I also think Deshaun has pressure of, it's tough to be the, it's tough to be perceived to be the bad guy. And every time he's talked about on national TV or you know by national analysts, it's a lot of people saying things about him, even locally. There's some criticisms of Deshaun because of what he was accused for and how he hasn't played to this point. Deshaun's going to have, and Deshaun does have, as much pressure as he's got. Because now with injuries, there's probably a kernel of doubt of whether he can do it for the next five years. But when it comes down to the immediate the immediacy of pressure, when goals aren't met, unfortunately, it's about who's owed more money, who has um, higher expectations. It's 1A, 1B. The Sean's owed more money, and you can't get out of it. The expectations are equal for Kevin and Deshaun, and they're interlinked because Kevin, the perception is, has an impact on how good Deshaun can play. Guarantee the best 92.3 The Fan has to offer when you follow each team in the Odyssey app. It's free, by the way. I don't know if you're free, free. And you can get all the audio we have to offer pushed to your phone. Plus, check out the chapters of our live shows labeled by our producers so you can search for the segments you may have missed. Make sure you've downloaded the Odyssey app to follow the Cleveland sports scene. We did have a – it, it kind of happened relatively organically. We're talking about the, the return of Darius Garland and Evan Mobley earlier today, and we got into ranking – the importance of the Cavs core four and what I thought was really cool. Cause I, I do like other opinions in sports. I just happen to like to disagree with them, but I like when somebody gives me something I didn't think about. And it was cool to see that we had a few people chime in and there were very few similar responses. Some people had, you know, I had Evan as one. Uh, some people had Donovan as one. Some people had uh, Jared as one or two. So uh, you can listen back on the, that free Odyssey app using the chapter function at uh, at three and three twenty for that one, but you know do it at like uh, six fifty five, or at like twelve oh five tonight because you also want to listen to overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. However, um, we were having the conversation because I just think it's interesting. Like there is how it should be, and then there's how it will be, and those are two different paths in the conversation 
about things like pressure heading into a season. And so I put this up because I just I didn't get the sense that that many people agreed with me that Kevin Stefanski will face more pressure in 2024 than Deshaun will. And so I put this up there. Uh, Anik Wilson says, who has more pressure on them heading into 2024? And 91.7% of 84 votes saying Deshaun Watson. And there's some good responses here. I don't necessarily agree with everything everyone's saying, but there's some really good responses here. Uh, Gene saying, Watson sees and hears all the talk. He knows what it is. That is a kind of pressure. It really is. And I, I would I would guarantee you there is some internalized pressure because it was like when LeBron okay different scenario but when LeBron went to South Beach for the first time in his career he was vilified and you could tell LeBron didn't like it and I think part of the conclusion of coming back to Cleveland and winning a title was trying to erase any shred of being villainized because he didn't like it. it it's uncomfortable it's not listen I take a modicum of abuse for daring to speak into a microphone on Cleveland Sports Talk Radio. Most of our interactions are very lovely. But every once in a while, there's somebody that tells me that I should die. There's somebody that tells me, uh, because they disagree with a sports opinion of me, that uh, they hope my wife leaves me, or they hope tragedy befalls me, or um, that I should go back to another sports town, all those kind of things. And the reality is, I don't necessarily enjoy those. They don't really impact me because they're few and far between, but you'd be a human for not to read somebody saying something awful to you and react. So I do think there's a built-in pressure that Deshaun faces to rehab his imitation and get it back all the way on football. I think that's what the podcast is about. I think that's what... You know, some of the work that what he's done and what his team has done to engage people locally, to try and get people on his side. Like, I think those are natural things. But in the end, the only thing that's really going to re- rehabilitate Deshaun and the conversation about Deshaun is winning. So this is not to say Deshaun doesn't have pressure, but there is pressure that wanting to be liked. There is pressure in, well, can I stay healthy? Can I still do it? And then there's pressure of, and it's and it's it, it is job centric, but it's maybe not as simple as get fired or don't get fired. And there's no way Deshaun loses his job at the conclusion of this season. The only way it happens is is if Deshaun has to retire because of injuries, which he is so young, and the Browns have been so confident about his shoulder. I don't think anybody expects that to happen. So whether individual Browns fans, Browns fans at large, a a vocal minority of Browns fans like it or not, that dude's your starting quarterback for the next three years. And so while there might be individual pressures, well, Kevin also gets pressure when the Browns lose or when the Browns underperform. It's something Kevin has talked about where, you know, when you have kids in school, You'll hear things, and that is that is rough. I mean, anybody who's worked in a public setting, I mentioned my own personal experience with people saying mean things to me on social media or, or finding me in person and saying mean things. The worst is when it goes through your kids. I've had that happen too. So he's going to get a lot of the personal 
pressure that comes with just being a public person and being the head coach of the Browns and being the focal point, the face of the organization is Kevin Stefanski. And then I think like, I think the Browns are setting this up. I I don't want to say they're setting Kevin up because it, that, that specific phrasing makes it sound like he's doomed to fail or a patsy. But the reality is he's the head coach. He's an offensive head coach they have a $230 million quarterback. And how the NFL works is when the last when, when that thing isn't working, when you've riffed offensive coordinators, when you've changed systems, when you've um, you know, changed the pieces and parts around the player, the next logical thing isn't to trade the player that is untradeable because of his contract. The next logical thing is to start thinking about the head coach. That doesn't mean it will happen, but there's a lot of pressure in the NFL from week to week. And you add to it a quarterback that has not lived up to an immense contract whose very name brings scrutiny to the organization. It's not just the pressure of Deshaun succeeding or failing. It's the organizational pressure, and that's where it comes down on Kevin. Both sides have immense pressure on them. But I think the underreported or underthought about thing is how much pressure Kevin has on him. Uh, Moblin on Twitter saying it's got to be DW if he plays poorly after what was done uh, by by a guy pulled off his couch eating cans of cheddar and sour cream Pringles. That's going to be a rough look. I mean, I think that's a part of it. I also think it's going to open up questions about best way to put this it's going to open up about questions about Kevin getting the most out of Deshaun as much as it will be Deshaun fulfilling and 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 because we're going to keep going to the scheme thing we're going to keep going to does it look like it looked in Houston because he had inferior weapons he had Kiki Kuti as his number one receiver one year and he was able to throw for 5,000 yards in a specific scheme that you haven't rolled out there just yet Let's go with Czar. Welcome to the show, Czar. Hey, how you doing, Nick? Doing very well, I, buddy. Welcome to the show. You know what? I honestly want to say I believe it, it should be Deshaun, but I don't think it will be. The dude's he's guaranteed his job. He's guaranteed his money. He could play 75% level, and he's still coming back next year and the year after that. And you know what's funny about that? He could play 75% of the level, and if the team won eight games, he'd fall on Kevin. Exactly. He, would, he would play reasonably well enough, and you'd say, well, but he was finally healthy, and but he was 75% of who you traded for him to be, and you only won eight games or nine games, and you missed the playoffs. That's a really good point, Zar. I appreciate that, bud. Mm-hmm. Zar, that was... How do I drop in? That was really good. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.